0: Welcome to the Music 3.0 podcast from Plus Music. Today, we're sitting down with Dr. Ahmed El-Gamal, founder of the startup Playform, which helps to make AI tools for art creation accessible to all artists. Ahmed is also a professor at the Department of Computer Science at Rutgers University, as well as the founder and director of the Art and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory at Rutgers. Ahmed's an artist himself, we talk about his passion for exploring ways to use AI to help artists become more creative and expand their tool set. And finally, we debate what it means to be an artist in the age of AI. Stay tuned for more as we discuss all things AI with Dr. Ahmed Algamal. Dr. Ahmed Algamal, thanks for joining us on the Music 3.0 podcast from Plus Music. We know that you're the founder of Playform um, and have a vast AI knowledge in all things. So uh, one thing we like to do to get the show started here is have you give us a little one to two minute introduction of yourself for our audience members uh, so they can get to know you and get to know the context of the interview here a little bit better.
1: Sure. Um, Thank you for inviting me to this uh, podcast. Um, I have uh, several hats to to wear. I uh, am academic. I'm a professor at Rutgers. Uh, my whole career, last five twenty-five years, doing AI, um, and um, I founded a lab called the Art and AI Lab at Rutgers uh, about eleven years ago, uh, before the current uh, hype about art and AI. Uh, so we are we're there in, from the beginning, um, and I also a founder of a startup uh, um, you mentioned, uh, Playform, uh where we really focus on make uh, make it accessible for artists to. Um, explore using AI in, in their uh, um, work. We focus on visual arts, but we also have some projects involving music that uh, we can discuss. And um, I have also um, an artist, I guess, uh, because I have exhibitions and shows sometimes. So uh, <laughs> although I am not pursuing a career as an artist, but I, mm. I like to make art and uh, that's a part of my passion.
2: Uh, well, let's start there real quick. Um. Great to have you. So, when you when what kind of art do you do?
1: Well, I mean, right now I do art using AI. Definitely, I, I explore how the machine can be the slave for the artist master to be part of their creative process. And I, I believe that AI uh, can be a great creative tool um, at the disposal of artists. And I believe that art is made by human and will always be made. Made made by human, and AI have a great role to play in the future, and and I'm looking forward for that.
2: Got it. Well, that's super interesting. I um, I think there's a lot of places that we could take this, but why don't we start on the visual side of AI, right? Because I think there's that's the thing that tends to hit people's doorstep much quicker than everything else lately. Um, when you're, tell us about about platforms approach to visual um generative it's a generative art would you define it as generative art so uh, yes. what's the approach there and and how did you guys approach training models and you know for the folks out there that are, that are following the the AI trend it's that's you can't like basically open any news app and not see something related to AI um there are, there's a bunch of ways in how was your what was your approach and and what are your thoughts on large language models and large large models in general?
1: sure um so actually we started Bladeform about uh four years ago so we have been here um before the current uh wave of AI uh, genetic models which right now dominated by uh text to image uh, prompting um we when we started actually um this technology was not there. And and uh, AI at that time, making AI art at that time involved training your own models, which was not an easy thing to do. Uh, there was GANs, something called GANs, related by Networks around. And to train these GANs, you have, have to have thousands of images, you have to have GPU uh, computational uh, resources, which was very hard for artists to start. Uh, how can an artist really... Use AI, it was really almost um, a very challenging task. So um, in Playform, uh, we took um, the mission of making it accessible for for artists to use AI and training their own model. And from day one, we realized some of the problems that now people are talking about, the problems of copyright. Uh, How can you make uh, um, uh, AI art without uh, um, violating copyrights of others? And our solution for that is that you train your own AI based on your own images. Not to use AI off the shelf that is trained on billions of images of other people without their consent. So from day one, we have the direction of you train your own AI in your own um, images, and we lower the bar. So we make it possible that you can train your own model on as little as 30 images like a dozen of images or a couple of dozen of images is enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and in a couple of hours, we don't need to, to spend uh, uh, weeks training the AI in an hour or two we can that be done. And that was really amazing because we found so many artists liked that concept. And, and also that uh, from day one, we saw another problem that people are talking about now, which is artist identity. Uh, mm. When you use today, when you use... Um, Text prompting to generate um, an image. Where is your identity as an artist? Where, where is your creative process? Is it only in writing the prompt? Um, what if I, me, and you wrote the same prompt exactly? We're going to uh, end up with different images. Yes, but but why? Although we have the same prompt, it's basically because it's a random number generator at the back end generates uh, the image for you and me. Although using the same prompts, we're going to end up with two different images. So is at it, the end, here artist identity.
0: Is it it's totally concept? yeah
1: exactly yeah, yeah. totally yeah so, yeah yeah so the only reason why people have different images is really because of that random flip of a coin, which yes. means that where's art's identity? Art's, arts identity is gone. In yeah, so no,
2: let's let's pause there because there's a lot to talk about. Um, one, the tools in which an artist would use, right? And let's let's just ca- let's just call out what's very it probably seems normal to you, but for everybody else, uh the fact that an artist can use generative AI to do their, to become an artist is a very new topic, right? Like they're just in general, like if you want to be a musician, you can use AI tools to make beats or to make like some instrumentation or to make whatever. And so you piece those things together and then you can create your own art out of it, right? You could do it bespoke. You could do it just like, give me something. It gives you a whole thing. But that like, that brand new concept of I'm going to, I feel like I'm an artist. So my, (laughs) my art is, you know, prompting or using some tool, some way in text prompting is one way to go. Like I'm sure there's going to be a different um, user interface. Eventually somebody will innovate on that. Right. Um, But now you can become an artist without any, formal um training in
0: sports in talents. Talent. let's not leave out
2: i think taste is going to be a new it's going to be the, the indicator of 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 a lot of things but so i just wanted to sort of pause real quick and 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 get there now what are your thoughts around how do you define an artist in your world
1: excellent that's a very um good point um um So uh, to start with, uh, I want to make sure uh, my viewpoint about this. AI does not make art, AI make images. If you use prompting, you're making an image. Making an image does not make you an artist. Uh, the analogy here is very clear. A look at photography. If you're using a camera and take a photo, it doesn't make you a photographer uh, or make you an a, a, an artist that um, do photography. It's just a user using a camera and making your own personal images. You can be creative in doing that. You can be a nice thing to look at and share it with others, but it doesn't really make you an artist. Artist is different. Artists have their whole journey and passion about art and and. They might go to college or, or school to study art or not, uh, but they have something to say. They have um, um, they have uh, something to share with others. They enjoy the process of making uh, art itself. Um, and sometimes they don't care about uh, whether you, you, they share the outcome with others or not because the process, the journey is, is really a big part of uh, art making. In terms of what's an art and what's an who is an, an artist? There are definitely many definitions of that and, and it's very we can, can talk about that for a long time. But in general, um, I believe art is made by human artists, and you can use whatever tool they want to do that and uh, including AI. Um, and anybody else are welcome to use AI in making images and explore creativity using AI that's fine. But doesn't make you an artist suddenly because you used uh, AI to make a beautiful image. Um, I, I want to also remind everybody that um, art has changed, and I have a news. Art has changed maybe more than hundred years ago um, when uh, Marcel Duchamp made his um, fountain uh, and put a human uh, funeral uh, and, and make uh, make it boost upside down and call it art. Art has changed. Art has no longer become making a beautiful, amazing picture to be in your world. That's not art anymore, a hundred years ago. It's not the definition of art. <laughs> art has changed. It so, has changed. Um, welcome yeah. to the world.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's very interesting. I see, a, is that Dali book in the background on your shelf there? So it's a say Dali. yeah. Guess, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, not to be confused with the Dali from Google, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Open over <So>, over AI. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yeah, so if art changed, right? Like, here's one of those so big questions that's happening right now. It's like if one, if you're using a model to train your work on other work, ultimately, are we? Is it just a derivative, right? And like, is it going to be too derivative? Is it going to turn into? Like, are we going to take all the colors of the of the creative rainbow and then just basically it'll be brown, right? Like it'll just be khaki color, right? It just like kind of like mixes into just one soup, and you know, I'm, I think that's the, the the most negative way you could look at it. Or you're you the other way is this next generation art, artist and art is going to have, um. The ability to iterate at like millions of times the revolutions than it did before, right? Like instead of spending the time learning how to do pen and ink, just to get that first drawing that you were doing, now you can like go at it, and you know what you you know you could keep but actually get something to
0: a fully formed. But um, even if you much knew much pen much, and ink, if you knew pen and ink. This could be an assist because what really resonated with me too for a minute there, Ahmed, was how you take their existing art and train your tool for art. It could say I, I almost see that more as an assistant, and it you know gives me hope that this is where I start. Take all my prints. This is kind of where it goes, but that takes me a day and a half to just do the out. So, so let me let me oh, pose sorry. a
2: question to the group, right? <laughs> here's where I want to take this hey, I'll sidebar before I get there uh my brother's a storyboard artist in Hollywood, right he does storyboards for films and I've been trying to get him to use prompting to you know to do what he does and I he's like, well, it's just not as good and you know I'm like, well, why don't you try to I want to help him try to train his own he's got a body of work right like tons of work I'm like why can't you just train a model on your storyboard artwork and then work with the directors and the people that that you work with on a daily basis to be able to to make more and give more options and to be more productive and you could actually do more films at once right like technically so um but you know like, going back, like, when you use something as a tool like that, you're not, like, I, I I guess the old way of making art is the more art you do, the better it gets you at your own skill, right? Like, your, those trials and errors, trials and error of of, of making art makes you a better artist, right? Because you write a song or you do you do a thing or that was terrible starting over new you know but you had to learn that that lesson right so where what what do you think is the just the the positives and the negatives of using like kind of saying all right i got here and then i'm going to let the computer take it the rest of the journey forward what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah uh, first, starting from this last point you just made, uh, uh, when you're making art using AI, you also have these trials and errors, and, and, and you get to learn learn uh, by interacting with the computer how to drive it, basically, because it's not that easy. Even with prompting, which seems to be easy, it's not that easy. But with any AI um, process you decide to use, it takes a lot of iterations to master this and, and getting better about how to control uh, and get what you want out of it. But going to your question, um, um. A couple of years ago, we did a survey when we discussed with some of the pioneering AI artists who have been using AI uh, from the beginning, uh, why they like using AI in their process. And some of them are traditional um, painters, for example, or uh, uh, that never used AI uh, or digital uh, art before and become addicted to AI when they use it. And some of them are have been actual digital artists from the beginning. And we find that there are two reasons why artists like to use AI. Uh, number one is creative inspiration, And number two is creative volume. Let me explain. Creative inspiration means they like it because it gives them results that they didn't expect. Surprising results and new ways of looking even at their own images. When they train uh, AI on their own work, it's like an alien set of eyes that look at your own work uh, without the constraints of our life uh, and look at it and mix it in different ways and surprise you. So they like that. They like the ideation of it. Some artists even use that and then paint on canvas after that. Um, So this has been one of the reasons. Um, But here I'm not talking about uh, the surprise you get when you write a prompt and you find a hand with six fingers or or three fingers. It's a different kind of uh, uh, surprise, (laughs) (laughs) aesthetic surprises. Um, The other reason is creative volume. Um, Definitely, if you have your own characteristic style and you want to create things in a faster way, you don't have a studio assistant to work with you. Uh, AI really can help you with doing that, especially if you are doing that for example for gaming or for um, uh, uh, VR, virtual reality uh, setup. So you need to have a lot of assets very fast, and, and it has certain theme or, theme or something like that. So AI is very useful in that. So these are the two values um, that um, artists found in AI. Regardless of what kind of AI tools, whether it's prompt, or training or model or, or other kind of AI. It's always about this. Um, so for your brother, I think, um, yes, uh, it might not be that today that uh, AI is as good as he expected to be. And, and many artists have this feedback. It's not that good. Uh, yes, it is not. But this will be solved in the future. I think it will get better and better. And yeah, um, that,
2: That's for sure. But it's,
1: it, yeah, the question crazy. is, whether it gets better and better, is it something bad or good? Um, and now I'll come back to your point about um, what I call stagnation. Um, if we keep training AI model, these very big, large language model like uh, models like Dall-E and others that are trained on billions of human existing images, and now people massively start using them to create new images or art, and now it it's keeps training on the same kind of things again, and again, where we end under- up. We, we end up with we end up with a technician. Uh, we really kill human creativity because now the majority of of uh, um, of images on the web will be basically AI generated, which are derivative of of somebody's work, and and we're gonna stuck in this uh, uh, very um, uh, same thing, which is totally what art is not about. Art is always about innovation. And it's about. I mean, the amazing thing about art is that there are millions of artists out there who try to innovate in different direction, and all these give us a new inspiration. That's why you go to galleries and exhibitions because you want to see something new, not to want to see the same thing redigested and re um, uh, done again and again. So um, soon we'll get, become sick of uh, uh, what AI has been generating, uh, especially with these text yeah. prompting uh, methods um and, yeah, it, and it'll get too
2: new. ubiquitous right like that's what i was totally. that's where i was going there before it was like it seems pretty obvious that like the da- the training sets are going to go stale eventually right like there's only so much that they can crunch on because it's already been made and then there's only so many interesting combinations of other th- things uh, that we might come across I-, I could be totally wrong it could be that the models get to a point where, um, you know, they get so intelligent, I guess, that they are making more and more new things, and they're able to innovate more and more. I think that the the more interesting versions, or there's a lot of interesting versions of it, but like I, I, I think when when the AI finally figures out what human beings just enjoy at like a very core level that's going to be an interesting moment where they can just make things that are just like uh i like that you know i don't know why but it's a uh, it could be pretty like com- it could it could build complacency you know where you're just like that's interesting totally.
1: yeah the current ai models out there are mainly um models that are designed to create things similar to what it has been trained on that the basic um, by construction, that's how they work. Um, so actually, a few years ago, uh, we did something different. We built um, an AI model um, that's called uh, CAN, uh, Creative Adversarial Network, um, and we called the artist AI CAN, which by definition, we're doing the opposite. Uh, basically, uh, we train it on um, images of art history, Western art history, but we designed it such that it doesn't repeat what it's have seen. So if it starts generating another uh, cubism or another ambitionist or it gets analyzed. So it has to really find out uh, new uh, uh, ways to generate that follows aesthetic rules in general, but doesn't repeat any existing uh, style or, or art movement, And that was really how to make it creative. Uh, unfortunately, I, don't, I didn't see anything right now that um, follow this selection. Everything out there, Terms of generative AI is really focused on generating more of what it has been trained on by definition, uh, which we like, and it can be very useful as, as a, a tool for production, uh, for for many uh, different careers. If you are an illustrator, if you are a filmmaker, if you are a, making video, video games, it can be a very useful tool. But it really will lead lead to stagnation very soon. You know, what's what?
2: Here's here's an here's a thought I had: is that if if the models are building on things that like so let's say for example they're producing music right that's that that we hear or they're producing you know things that look like what could be replaced by like a a, a oil painting or whatever it's like it's like you said they're it's reproducing things that already exist i'm i'm really fascinated to see what happens next when when AI is building things that don't exist yet, right? Like, for example, the the Apple uh, Vision Pros. That's going to create a new canvas for um, creators in general to be able to make these immersive worlds, right? And like, truly immersive worlds haven't really been. They've, you know, they they just keep coming, and then they kind of like they get started and stopped, and not quite there. But I think. I think AI is going to help build those things out. Like you said, like the the expansiveness of those worlds, it's going to need a lot more content. But I also think there's probably a, a a very wholly unique way to experience those that aren't just a three-dimensional version of a flat two-dimensional experience, you know, where that fourth wall could be somewhat something completely different where, you know, being able to walk into a raindrop and pull the raindrop open and see all the like, all the way into the like atomic structure of that, of those water molecules. You know what I mean? Like, that is, yeah. Wow. Those kinds of things would be really interesting to walk around the world and go to a tree and open up that tree and say, like, these are all the cells. And that's actually the, the, de- like, the, the way that the view of, of this like oak tree, you know, like down to its composite layer. That would be a really interesting way to learn and experience the world. And, Isn't possible. Um
0: now. Yeah. I, you know, the one thing I want to kind of add to that, but I also want to segue a little bit to the Beethoven X that you uh worked on. And I'll start it with this music AI question. And I'll be honest here, you know, generative AI and music. I've been a musician my whole life. The idea of it hurts me. I love your statement of I think that certain art should be made by humans. I agree. But I'm kind of an AI. Uh, You know, I've I've said this in past previous podcasts. So I listened to David Bowie and T-Rex and the Stones and the Beatles growing up. Learned all their records. Became a songwriter. There's no doubt that some of my songwriting has influence from these records that I listened to. But I also love the idea of now getting into my 40s. It's nice to have an idea to load in the 10 albums I've made in my career have an AI learn it and say spit me out 10 ideas of what could be my next record inspire me and an assistant like like you kind of mentioned and you know obviously I'm segueing into what you did here with Beethoven's 10 because I have an idea of how you made that you know but Do I need a 1,000 of my songs to make a good AI version of what I could do? Or could I train it off 50 to 100 songs that are on albums?
1: Yeah, that's an excellent question. And and let me answer that uh, by explaining what we have done in Beethoven X, because it's exactly what we faced. Uh, So Beethoven, as we know, made nine symphonies. And... He left very rough sketches for a 10th symphony. Uh, very, very rough, basically, uh, the basic musical idea for every movement or every part of the movements. Some of these sketches have been used in the 80s by um, uh, a uh, British composer to finish the first two movements, which was the majority of the material. But beyond these first two movements, what's left was very little, like the idea for the sketch over the uh, movements or things like that. So how can we take it and, and train an AI to make... Uh, Completion of that work uh, to something sensible, and and the same problem that Tobin only had nine symphonies if we count by by by, by number of symphonies, and if we add even all his music, um, like concertos and 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 uh, string quartets and, and and sonatas, again not that big for the AI. So the way we solve this problem is that we we train the AI um, on different stages. We thought of it as um, what Beethoven would have listened to as a kid uh, uh, or learning about music, he would have been listening to Mozart, Bach, um, uh, Baroque music, all the music he could have heard at that time. So he trained our first version of AI on everything up to Beethoven time, all classical music that we can have records of up to Beethoven time. So that's what that found the, the base. So that was a uh, uh, um, an AI that you can give it um, a, a prompt, basically a musical prompt, and it can continue in the classical style of the time of Beethoven, pre-Beethoven. And then uh, we uh, do what AI we uh, will uh, call fine-tuning. Um, we take that model and now train it to be Beethoven, where we uh, now use the Beethoven music and um, try to make that model specialized in Beethoven way of doing things, Beethoven style. Um, so we fit it all what we can have uh, from Beethoven, uh, so it masters the style of Beethoven. And now that becomes like Beethoven kind of uh, um, AI. Um, so that answers your question. Basically, um, you shouldn't start from scratch because on your own records. It won't work. You should start by an AI that's trained on uh, the genre of music that you like to work on. It's already uh, knows all the rules, learn all that. And then on top of that, you train on your... Own uh, records, and mm-hmm. it will be centralized to
0: your own um, uh, style. So uh, okay, then that does that answers part part of my question. Hang on, I know where you're going, Nick, because I'm coming and I'm going to say it right now. My fear is, I don't want to train. Yes, I listen to Bowie, The Stones, The Beatles, all those people growing up. If I train, if I dump my music plus their discography in, train the AI up and say. Base it towards the Brian songs and write his next album. I'm going to have the biggest copyright infringement lawsuit of the 21st century on my back because they're going to know. (laughs) Hold on. Yeah, you
2: might. You might, but I think that's the the bigger question. So let me ask you. But that's kind uh, of
0: what you were going to ask, isn't it? It kind of was. It's similar.
2: No, no, well, I, I was, yeah, I think I was going to jump to how does rights work right and i think i mean you've been thinking about that quite a bit obviously so i wanted and you got us there too brian so i think there's this is what one i think i'm first going to and correct me if i'm wrong you wouldn't want to just train it on those bands albums you'd want to train it on every rock album ever right like every rock rhythm and blues whatever song because that because the stones are all r b and and they weren't you know they came out as the stones but they were all you oh, know you direct.
0: have to go back to what
2: you're in the whole he said the whole something. genre of music or multiple genres of music that we're influencing right so makes sense and in that case it's you, you've really stirred the pot so much it's probably going to be almost impossible for you to to trace down the because but i think the reality is most music is pretty much derivative anyways i think the only thing that they're really going to court over is like melody lines right and um because you know there's only so many chord structures you can put into a a song in our on a guitar and those have been fully mapped out all the ones that you'd want to hear and um so ahmed the on how how are you seeing, I know you're not a lawyer and this isn't like legal advice for many, anybody, but how do you see this world shaping out? Like what's your, if you were to just fast forward five years from now, how do you think it's going to pan out?
1: Yeah, that's a very interesting time we are in and very and, and, uncertain uh, um, things we are dealing with in terms of copyright and, and um, uh, the ethics of things, which are two different things. Uh, um, so... Um, whether it's music or visual art, we have the same issue. Um, these AI models are trained on uh, uh, lots of uh, data, uh, lots of music, lots of uh, images uh, of art. First, um, uh, without people's consent, that's a big problem. That's already by, uh, a big, uh, important violation more than the copyright itself. Um, uh, and there are some legal lawsuits about that uh, against uh, Dal E and Midjourney uh, um, about these kind of things. Um, but then is the outcome um, derivative of what have been fed in or, or is it transformative enough? Um, and according, according to, the, if you look at the, the uh, uh, cases in the, in the, in the courts in the last few years, the bar for what's transformative is very low, uh, which means that um, you make small changes to something and you are out of the copyright uh, issues altogether. So according to that bar, most of AI generated music or art are are not a copyright infringement according to the law. So I think the laws are totally um not suitable for our age. Um, um the problem actually that the the lawyer are now in, in these cases are that um, like the mid-journey and, and the uh e cases I was reading about what is the um the lawyer saying and, and the lawyer is saying something interesting basically they're saying that the very um, criteria that used to train these AI models are such that when you train it, you give it some, let's say, an image, and uh, it's supposed to reconstruct that image. So that um that's how it's been trained. You create images and it's supposed to reconstruct the images. And by doing that by itself, you are forcing the AI or instructing the AI to copy uh something it has seen. Um, although at the final outcome when you, you generate at the end, you are not really copying anything you are mixing up things, uh, but that very act of training by, by reconstruction, um, which is a very basic of AI, is violation of copyrights. So we are in, uh, in front of interesting cases here um, that will really determine how um, this will turn out to be, uh, whether um, the court will reject that claim or accept it uh, and, whether there's gonna be changes in the copyright laws, this will take some time. But the ethics is really what's important because um even if it's not a, a copyright violation, uh me and you and artists know that to become an artist, the very important thing is to find out your unique identity and unique style. Although we we grow up learning by by seeing and listening course, but other artists that's part of our, our work but we know by definition if we, if we just create something that's similar to this we are not artists we are derivative artists and, and uh, to become real an artist you have to really have have your own style your own identity yeah, uh, that's, uh, it, exactly that's
2: the point from the very beginning which I think is, is super critical which is like there's a lot of musicians that I know there's not a lot of like unique artists that I know that are musicians right like that are making unique music and you know in some cases people don't want that unique music right like they don't want like the I think then it just becomes like I think the real battle is going to be around commerce in it too right it's like the ones that are going to be making the lawsuits are the ones that are were their business model, or their livelihoods are going to be threatened because of this technology, right? And like if somebody needed, I I think it's it's more in the commercial cases, right? Like I don't think the consumers care. I think it's novel. Like, oh yeah, it's an AI. Cool, I'm listening to that music, like fun. But I don't, I have a suspicion that they're still going to need to build a business around whatever those arts are whatever the song or whatever, it still needs to, it needs to be a story. Human mind kind of works in that direction. Like we we're, were pre-programmed to, to go after story narratives and things like that. But when, um, what I think is fascinating is just like outside of AI and everything, like how to really identify when are you a true artist? Like when, when do you get to say you're an artist, are you on the path? Or do you ever get there? <laughs> you know, like, is that a thing that the artists actually ever feel like they've gotten there or what? You know, does it mean that you made money as an artist? And does that make you an artist? It's like, what is it? So I think it's so just probably not going to come up with that answer here, but I think it's the debate, right? But
1: totally, totally. I think um big part of being artist is pushing against the census uh, school, pushing against, uh, 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 that the the stagnation uh, and and having something new and that's a very basic definition of art um, um from from psychology for example i mean um one theory of psychology that i like very much is a theory by uh, professor uh, Colin martindale who was at a uh, university of maine um and and his theory goes around basically habituation how artists are pushing against habituation if you are seeing the same kind of art again and again it become boring to you it become not interesting you want to see something new and 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 artists always push against habituation to create something novel even unconsciously they try they try to really uh, create something that um uh, uh perceptually uh intrigue your uh, your uh, your perception and emotions uh, um that's in terms of the form uh, itself but in terms of the story Here's the other thing, which is basically, uh, as to the story defined art, art is a communication between two people. This is one of the definitions of art, and this is one of the uh, main things about um, uh, the function of art. It is a function of art. is It's a communication. Um, so uh, unless what you you listening to or, or, or seeing uh, communicate to you something, um, uh, it becomes irrelevant. It becomes really... Um, um, and not interesting and boring, and and um, yeah. that's why I always say that art is made by human, regardless of the tools they are using. We can use AI in the making, but at the end, there is a human in the loop. Even today, in the future, I I I, I don't see a scenario where art is made by AI by itself. There is always going to be a human behind the AI, whether the right now people prompting, uh, but also we forget that people have three. Uh, we would have trained the model to start with. Uh, some, maybe some
2: that's human. the secret to the Matrix. Is that like I think they mentioned it in one of the films. They're like, yeah, the first one didn't. Re- they rejected. I think they were like referring to the Adam and Eve story of like of uh of like the perfect you know the garden. Everything is perfect, and then they're like they just couldn't handle it. But maybe that's the thing that makes the Matrix work because. It's like they plugged you into it and they let the human beings like have enough of the orchestration to, to believe it. Right. Um, but I, I agree with that though. Like Brian and I say it a lot, where, you know, music in general, just say music, for example, which is where we've focused most of our time and thought, is human emotion in in sound waves, right? And the music that ends up being like the most resonant with other human beings is music that's like the art of, of music is to be able to craft that sound wave through instrumentation, words, like diction, all of it, to be able to actually get that emotion across to from one human being to another one, even if you've recorded it, right? So the recording gets that energy over there and then there, maybe there's something about live shows that's that's got more resonant I don't know you could get into the weeds on it like what is public performance and will it ever go away even if music is made by AI would we want to show up and watch a computer play like is that is that what people are going to pay money for like hey look this like XYZ computers. x 9000 so different much,
0: different.
2: we <laughs> got to see it. But hold on. There's one of those same computers playing in every single town in the entire globe right now. Yeah. So, oh, it's not that unique. Right. Everybody's getting it. Same message. But I think there's a story of the uh, the Pied Piper. That, you know, where, you know, you'd be able to like move people with sound and and change their ideas but yeah i don't know it's a it's an interesting moment in time like we're just kind of postulating on what's possible and where things go from here but i mean i like your approach Amen, because it, it feels very um humanistic right like human-centered like there's always going to need to be some form of yeah that's cool that's not cool
1: mm-hmm. like, yeah yeah and yeah. what you just mentioned that is something that uh a very important look at who, who is the audience of, of art that's music. It's, it's going to always be human. You I mean, cannot imagine a scenario where AI will be the audience. Um, yeah. right? You can think of remember, the AI is the performer or the musician or the artist, but the audience is always going to be human. And since the audience is going to be human, we're going to be safe because human will be the critic. Human will be the one who pushed the AI uh, in the direction they want. In making art. So I always think of AI in the creative domain to be in a master slave uh, scenario where the master is a human and AI is the slave. Um, unlike other scenarios I can think of where AI can, can take over, we don't want to talk about that, we talk about uh, creativity in particular, a, I think. This is a PG 13 show.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> President, how about President yeah. of the United States? <laughs> it might be auditive.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, so uh-huh.
0: let's talk about it. But this is Keep great, and I think we definitely, I mean, this we scratched the tip of the iceberg here talking with you, Ahmed. Um, I think we definitely have to have you back for a part two, but we're getting kind of close to wrap time here, and before we do, I wanted to just ask you, what's what's next for you guys? You know, what's the, um, you know, what's Playform, yeah, what's the future of Playform look like over the next year or two, three?
1: Sure, Um We are, uh, again, um, dedicated to make AI accessible for um, artists, so we are not stuck at one tool thing uh, like most of other AI platform. Uh, So we now um, uh, focus to be the Swiss Army knife for AI, where you can really explore the latest AI technology um, as fast as possible. You can see what's coming out of the AI labs, so try them out. and it's a new thing that's basically our focus to become a place for uh, innovation in, in ai uh, um, and make artists accessible uh, accessible for artists
2: excellent so if somebody wanted to come play with your tools do they need to be pretty um technically savvy or is not there, at all. Are... i
1: mean it's not no code platform um, um it's we we from day one also we build the UX to be as easy as possible. You train your own own AI model just by dragging and dropping images and clicking a button, nothing more than that. So if you can click and drag and drop, then that's what you need, nothing uh, complicated.
2: Cool. Awesome. Well, can't can't wait to play with it. Um, Let's definitely continue this conversation because I think this particular topic is going to, like next week, there's going to be a million new things to talk about. But... um, yeah, definitely. Another time. Only getting hotter.
0: Ah, uh, man. Great like to chat with you. Look forward to many exciting things here with Playform, but pleasure talking with you, getting your perspective okay. here on AI. Uh, something obviously we're extremely close to and uh, excited about, but um, can't see where this world goes. Equally as exciting. Thank, thank you very much. You thank guys. you very much. We'll talk to you soon.